Welcome to the Divine Rhyme, a music podcast with culture, with Will Hogsett and Dylan Hughes. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Divine Rhyme presented by the Running Hook Podcast Network. Will Hogsett here, as always, joined by Dylan Hughes. Dylan, how uh, how you been? How's this week been? What you been up to? It's been a good week, man. Um, so music wise, I'll start there. Okay. okay? I I went on. I've been on a Billy Strings binge. Okay. You know, as one does on occasion. And there's just something about away from the mire, like probably, probably a top three Billy string song. And I don't know if you've seen the video on YouTube of them doing like an adult swim live recording session, but being able to watch like the two minute instrumental they go on in that video, it's, it just is worth it, man. Like, it's just so fun to watch and I, I love that song i love billy strings this is this is not new information for anyone that's listened to the pod um really for just more than a couple of weeks we always throw some billy strings love in there but he's he's got me right now um i will say at the concert that uh i went to i guess it was like damn near two months ago at this point he did like a 10 15 minute kind of interlude you know where they just wouldn't stop playing and so if you like the two minute one i'm sure you'd uh enjoy the 10 minute one as well um but yeah what about other music i saw you uh i saw you hit a pretty decent putt the other day on your snapchat story man listen so i played i played 18 holes yesterday for the second time ever first time in a couple months and like the driving was really bad because I never, I just never swing a driver, honestly. Cause I, as you know, we played the par three course once I've been playing the par three all summer. So everything from the eight iron down, I'm pretty good with like, I topped the ball probably twice yesterday. And that was like my main problem for months. So getting the tops out of the system has been really good. But some of the longer clubs I'm working through, but the putting yesterday was unbelievable. I mean, I was shocking myself. Like, I think I probably had two or three, three putts, the whole 18 holes, which is just unheard of for me. Cause I, I mean, I'm, I'll blow some putts up, man. Like, you know, it's, it's, uh, putting, I think is one of the toughest things. To yeah. Learn. You're not, uh, you gotta learn how to read the green. Hold up. I can't hear you anymore. We'll just cut that out. All right. Um, Hughes, I've been, uh, I've been listening to Blank Face a lot. I just feel like, I don't know why I always go back to that album. And it's funny because you always say I'm hitting Blank Face every now and then, but it's a quality album. I just keep finding random songs that I, I, I just like pick up, you know, I, I just have phases of like right out now, every time I'm in the car, that's going to come on. And it's just like, I feel like that keeps, keeps happening with blank face. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You mentioned right out in our, in our group chat the other day. And it, it, it made me happy because blank face is the one I always come back to as well. Like it's just such a great, like you're just kind of relaxing, like riding in your car, go for a run. It's just a great, great album to throw on. Like, you're not really skipping anything. I guess depending on your mood, maybe you'll skip over some stuff. But just just full of bangers, man. Just packed full of bangers. All right. Well, let's get uh, let's get started on this album that we're talking about. This is the most recent Kendrick album. It is uh, Damn. Uh, probably the one I'm most familiar with it. Hughes, would you agree? <laughs> I I don't think so. Okay. I would say because there was listening through this the past week, there's been a lot of stuff that's kind of taken me not by storm, but like kind of by surprise, I guess. There are some things I didn't really remember about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think to pimp a butterfly was probably the one I was most comfortable with coming into this series. 
And damn, obviously, is the most recent list. I think that came out when we were freshmen in high or in like high school, college. Um, I I was going to Ivy Tech freshman year, so I remember on the drive to to school, I just playing playing damn man for a couple weeks straight. So it's it's been nice to go back, but yeah, there was definitely a lot of new, not new, but a lot of stuff that kind of came out that I didn't remember. Yeah, it took me back to like freshman year in college. I remember being in um, my dorm at IU, and when this kind of came out, we kind of always had this on the background, just on repeat. And so I've, I'm definitely super familiar with it. Uh, but I also would agree I picked up a different kind of taste listening to it this time. We are going to have Ali B, uh, boyfriend uh, or girlfriend of Drew, who uh, we had on during a Mac Miller pod. She's going to be on a little bit later, talk about a little big picture stuff. But uh, for right now, me and Hughes are just going to kind of go through the album song by song like we do. Uh, just me and him, though, to try to keep it a little bit quicker so we could talk about some Kendrick Lamar stuff uh, a bit later uh, as a whole, because this is the last um, podcast that we would be doing uh, until he drops something new, you know, which Hughes, I don't know if you've heard anything recently, but I mean, I, I heard it's supposed to come out soon. Yeah, it, it, they made it seem like it was going to come out a couple weeks ago and it just didn't happen. So I guess we'll just we'll be on our toes. But if our magic can carry out. I mean, hey. this, this it should be out within the next couple of weeks. Hey, who knows? Who knows? But you're right. I mean, it would be it would be pretty, uh, pretty intense if something like that would happen. All right, let's get started. Uh, damn. I don't know. A pretty short, shorter album. I don't know. I just felt like it flew, flew by listening to it quickly. I don't I don't know about that aspect. But let's get started with blood. Uh, I had like an eerie, slow tempo start, classic Kendrick, you know, uh, Western. This kind of gave me like a Western vibe, like Kill Bill vibe. What did you think of uh, the intro to Damn? He's... Yeah, it's it's interesting because, you know, intros are something we talk about a lot. Intros kind of set the tone for the album. And, you know, last week with Wesley's Theory, it kind of offered all the themes right off the bat. Like, you you pretty much know what to expect with Wesley's Theory. You know where the rest of the album's going. But Blood is... I mean, it, it throws out like the the wickedness versus weakness theme, um, which I think kind of prevails throughout the whole thing. But aside from that, you know, you get a little narration from Kendrick kind of explaining the he sees a blind woman walking around and he goes over to help her. She seems like she lost something. And like just the way he's kind of describing all this and it, it feels like, yeah, like a lot more eerie and something I've kind of noticed with this song and the whole album as we can discuss when we go through it. But there's something about this album that's different than the prior three from Kendrick, where there's there's nothing in this album I feel like that's super in your face. I feel like there's a lot more deciphering that we have to do now. And I mean, just look at the titles, like every, every song in this is just one word title. So it's like, you don't, you kind of just, it gives like the very, like just as much as you need to know from the title of each song, like you kind of figure out what the song is saying, Mm -hmm. but there's still a lot more digging. I think you have to do than we've had to do with the previous albums. Yeah, I'd agree. And uh, some that I I wrote down for this this song was the um, you decide kind of you decide. Are we going to live or die? That reminded me a lot of Choose Wisely uh, from mm-hmm. KOD. It kind of gave me similar vibes to that. What uh, can you see that similarity, or what do you think about that? Is I mean, yeah, it's a good. It's a it's a good way to set the album up because there's definitely a lot of that again, like the wickedness versus weakness. I think seeing that and like listening to the whole album, you kind of see like, Oh, okay. I see where he's going with this. Mm -hmm. And, and of course, Kendrick is building off of past albums. He's discussed these things. Um, So yeah, the, the you decide is interesting because I mean, as, as J Cole talked about in KOD, I mean, I think KOD and this album are actually pretty similar now that I think about it, where 
it's kind of like laying out a lot of the problems people have with the world and stuff, mm-hmm. but ultimately addressing the fact that we have free will, right? Mm-hmm. And we can we can make our own choices and our ability to make our own choices can sometimes be the worst thing for us. Yeah. No, uh, I completely agree there, uh, Hughes. I think um, I think he's super upfront with like the themes in the in the songs, right? Like you know what he's going to talk about, but still he finds a way to talk about them uh, like within his own story. Which obviously, good kid, Mad City, that makes a lot of sense because you know he's just he's told to tell his story, and so that's what I think we get from Kendrick a lot and. Uh, to pick it up right off the next song, DNA, man. I mean, there's not really much to say about this song because it's it's so out there. Like, it's it says it all. You know what I mean? Whether it's a vibe or Kendrick just keeps going in, the nonstop flow. Like, I, there's not much you could say about this song other than fucking listen to it, man. Yeah, this especially the first few songs in this album, I was really struggling to kind of even get notes down Yeah, because it's like, what the hell am I supposed to say about that? Yeah. And DNA, like, I mean, really, I think kind of the prevailing theme was Kendrick was trying to get at was kind of being proud of his heritage, I guess. Yeah. But I mean, this dude was just spitting fire, like nonstop, as you mentioned. And you know, this, right in the face and the whole album is kind of like this where you'll have one banger and then the very next song it's like a much slower and kind of more thoughtful song so i mean dna sets that tone too where it's like you're going to get this the slow kind of vibe uh for half the album but the other half the album you're just going to be hitting the face with whatever he's got yeah he, he i guess you're right the theme is like mainly He's proud of his heritage, but he just tells it in so many different ways because he just it's like a nonstop uh, kind of Kendrick spitting for about four minutes. And just when you think he's going to like kind of slow it down, he goes back in and then he goes back in. And it's like definitely a gym song. Like I I, I realized this week when I was listening to it, I'm like, I got to like put that in the gym playlist and maybe at the top because, man, does it pump you up? And uh, not only does his like. Not only does his cadence go harder, but his lyrics go harder. Like it feels like he's speaking at the audience even more directly at the end of this song. And so that's why I think it helps to, um, I don't know, throw it in your face at the beginning of this album. But like you said, going to Yeah next, which is one of my favorites on the album. Um, it's a classic. This is a theme that we picked up, Hughes, from all the artists that we get so far. It's the classic boom. This is a huge, high, te- high tempo, uh, energetic song. And then you get the exact opposite of it. And it's just a smooth, mellow song uh, carried by some hard hitting drums. And like you said, super thought provoking. Yeah, I mean, I really like the this is probably one of my favorite as well. Just just for the the sound of it. I mean, it's yeah. really it just really carries well, I think is the best way I can describe the sound of it. It just it just carries really nice and smooth throughout. Yeah. And yeah, this is this is kind of this is another thing I think is funny about this album is, again, kind of going in hand in hand with the whole banger and then slower song thing is Kendrick being really in your face, like with DNA and kind of just telling you who he is and getting all hyped up. Mm-hmm. And then there are songs like this where he's almost retreating and he's mm-hmm. kind of like, you know, talking cause Yah is like, is kind of like uh, in reference to Yah, I think Yahweh or is what it's uh, it's like, um, I forget the heritage of it, but mm-hmm. it's basically some culture. That's what they refer to, to God as, as, as like Yahweh. Um, or jaw is another one that people say, I think it's kind of in reference to that where he's, this is, this is kind of the song now where he's planting the more of the seed of like the spiritual stuff he wants to get off his chest, Mm -hmm. which definitely becomes more of a theme later on in the album. Um, so right here, I think he's kind of laying the foundation for that. Um, yeah. And I think, 
like you mentioned earlier, he is super, super in your face. And I think especially in the beginning part of this album, it kind of continues, even though, yeah, it's a low, slower tempo song. Uh, it's kind of like intoxicating, right? Um, almost. So you kind of still get caught up in the music. And then uh, in the next song, Element, it brings you right back up. You know, it's Kendrick again in your face. Um on a high running running on an ego high you know you can't take him out of, out of his element uh what 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 do you take from this song Hughes? yeah again just just back on that roller coaster of of going into a banger now and and this was one i just had to throw on the playlist because i didn't have it um for some reason i i was listening to it i'm like i need to see if this is in my playlist because this is this is a great playlist ad if you're just you know trying to get get the ego going um, but I like the intro to it as well because he starts to foreshadow two later songs with Ain't Nobody Praying for Me and then y'all know what happens on Earth stays on Earth. Yeah. Two two foreshadowing lines. And it's I think it's it's more fun when you've listened to the whole album because you hear those lines and you know that it's coming later it almost kind of tricks your mind. Like when you hear those lines, it's like, Oh shit, I know what's coming next, but it's not that long yet. So it kind of, it kind of even does a better job of hooking you in. Yeah. It it meshes it all together a bit more. And that's what I was saying earlier, how it kind of pounds those seams in. I even, I I did have that line written down. You know, you know what happens there says on stays on earth. And I think he says that in like three different songs. And so that's what I mean when he like, he's really able to kind of pound those themes in um really well in this album and again back with the roller coaster feel the next song uh, i i had um he's this kind of reminded me of you a lot off of um to pimp a butterfly just vulnerable kendrick like you're literally inside his mind again here and the darkest thoughts yeah i think that's that's a good um comparison and it's it's definitely not as kind of uncomfortable as you was. Yeah. That was something we talked a lot about. Yeah. It, you, like, you, as I said, you was so uncomfortable. I had to take it, like, I had to delete it out of my library because <laughs> it's like, it just like, oh, it's like kind of, it's like gets your skin going where it's like, man, this, this is deep and haunted. Mm-hmm. But, but feel is like a really nice, comfortable feeling song as far as like sound wise. But yeah, the message is definitely a lot more almost depressing Yeah. Um, where, you know, when I was listening to this earlier, I was thinking this is this is giving me Mac Miller vibes a little bit where he's like kind of succumbing to the world's problems and like realizing that he's never going to be able to change anything. Mm-hmm. And And that's kind of a theme I think we see throughout the rest of the album as well. But it's it's almost like kind of sad to listen to it. Um, even though it sounds so nice where he's, you know, talking about this stuff and, uh, he mentions Tupac where, you know, Tupac kind of realized the world, what the world was coming to and was kind of starting to prepare for it almost. Mm -hmm. And obviously, as we discussed last week with mortal man, Tupac had a huge impact on Kendrick's music and kind of his thought process in general. So this, this song, I think branches off that a little bit too, where he, he kind of recognizes where the world's going and and he doesn't like it. Yeah. And he just has a great ability to, um, mash in that theme. I mean, half of the, half the lines on the song just start with feel. And he just explains that again, the song's name's feel. So I feel like his goal in this album obviously obviously was to kind of focus a song on each individual feeling within him. And so this one, um, it's just him laying it out on the table, all of the, all of it, you know, some of the good thoughts, some of the bad thoughts. And so, um, again, I really like this song. It is uh, a lot more comfortable, but still uh, kind of a darker song, uh, really inside Kendrick's mind. And then back up a little bit on the roller coaster of this album, Loyalty. Um, absolutely electric Rihanna feature, just in every single fucking possible way. Uh, her verse, uh, an initial verse was good. And then they had this little Kendrick and uh, Riri have this little back and forth thing that's just executed great. Um, 
Riri is in, has like background vocal features throughout the whole song, just really li- liven it up. And then um, he was, I don't know, I'm sure you saw this and I'm sure you saw it somewhere, but the, the sample is 24 Karat Magic by Bruno Mars. Do you, do you know that? Yeah, I saw That's that. That's just like, what the fuck, Kendrick? <laughs> Hey man, Kendrick, uh, you know, actually with the next song, we can talk about that. He, he did some interesting stuff, you know, uh, with sampling and with just general, I guess, just trying some different things with this one. And I mean, I, I think that's one thing that Kendrick does really well. And we've seen that on past albums as well, but obviously as a musician, I feel like your ear probably gets better as you get older and more, you know, experience. And he, he's gotten to a point where he can try a bunch of different things and, and it works and it's great. Mm -hmm. And I mean, this, this was a good example of that, but yeah, I mean, there's obviously, you know, not much to say about the lyrics. Like it's, it's loyalty. Like that's kind of the whole song, but yeah, Mm -hmm. it's a great sounding song. And, and, I mean, Rihanna is just like a great feature because she's very rare. Yeah. And when you can get Rihanna on a song, it's like, okay, you got Rihanna. Like that's that automatic credibility. Not that Kendrick needs any more credibility, but when you got, when you can bring Rihanna on, it's like, all right, this is a banger. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Again, I just, I can't get enough of Rihanna feature, but a lot of the themes that I picked up in this album is uh, it's just a pop Kendrick. And we're going to talk about this a little bit more with Ali B. Uh, but I want to kind of at least mention it at this point that this album, I feel like is super pop heavy. Uh, and I think there's a reason for that. Um, just a, to get the message across to a wider audience. Cause I think Kendrick really in this, in this album is kind of trying to lay out kind of his thoughts on all these emotions. Right. And so, um, but the pop, the pop feel kind of continues throughout the whole album and pride, maybe not so much the next song. Uh, but again, like you said, he takes some of these home run swings and he, I think he hits a home run on this song. Hughes. I just love, I just love the, the tempo and the, the, the bass, you know, the grooviness of this one. What, what, what's your take on it? Yeah, this, this might be my favorite song on the album. I mean, it, so what I wanted to say going off of what that last song was, um, so the beat on this song was made on GarageBand and the song was produced on an iPhone. So that's, I mean, you know, the, I think the iPhone has become, and the GarageBand for that matter has become fairly ingrained in music. I mean, GarageBand's a lot older, but I mean, you can do a lot of stuff on an iPhone, but I still think to produce a song like this on an iPhone yeah. is pretty insane. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so there's that part of it, but I just love this song because this is an, this is another kind of J Cole throwback too. Um, pride. I mean, pride is the devil, like, mm-hmm. you know, from the off season, I mean, pride is a fascinating thing to hear rich, famous people talk about yeah. because I, I mean, as Kendrick says in the song, like pride is going to be the death of you, you know, like when you, when you let pride get in the way, I mean, it can, it can take you from being on top to completely fucking you basically, mm-hmm. because it, it's such a powerful thing. That's, that's hard for people to get over, especially when ego is so involved. Um, and I mean, what this song really is about, like is again, Kendrick's kind of talking about the imperfect world and he spends pretty much the whole song talking about, you know, if, you know, if this was a perfect world, I'd be perfect world. And him basically recognizing like, I I can't be perfect because no one else is. And it's almost kind of him coming to terms with the fact that again, like he's not going to really be able to change anything and, he can change himself as, as much as he tries, but I will say that I don't know if you notice this, this whole album, I think not a great performance from genius. I'll just say, I mean, we give genius a lot of props, but mm-hmm. there's some, there were some annotations from genius throughout this album that I'm like, no. Yeah. I mean, listen, we all have different perspectives, but 
it was not lining up with mine, a lot of stuff. And with this one, I think you could see that a lot because one of the, the chorus is him saying, uh, I wasn't taught to share, but care in another life. I surely was there. And like the way I kind of see this is I think this song is almost like an exercise of the soul. I think what he's trying to say is that like, you know, the idea of reincarnation where you learn thing in each life and you carry that to the next life. And I think that's kind of what this song is about in a deeper level where he's kind of realizing that he did, he wasn't taught or he didn't learn how to care about other people in his past life. So he's not able to do that in this one. Mm -hmm. And genius's annotation like because he follows all that up with saying maybe i wasn't there Mm -hmm. which to me to me is him being like you know and that's him saying in my past life i wasn't at that level so that's why i can't do it now Mm -hmm. and genius kind of took this from like a physical perspective like maybe i wasn't there is him being like feeling bad for not being for being there for people in a different place. I, I just don't think that's what it meant at all. But I think this is more of a a spiritual song than it kind of comes across to just based on what genius had to say, at least. No, I, I agree. There's definitely diff- many different ways you could take this and take this whole album. Uh, but this song specifically, because there is half of it where it's like it is this soul i feel like it's it's it is his soul because of the cadence because of how he delivers the song and we talk all the time every single album we talk about how kendrick is unafraid to um deliver a song exactly how he wants to deliver it and i think a how impressive that is it kind of comes off in the song uh because he's just gives some of the weirdest weirdest deliveries honestly if if you take him out of context and put him into uh, take them away from like the song or they just sound weird, but the, the whole production of the song makes the, the, the cadence or however he says it come out sound and sound so good. And that just conveys the emotion that I think you kind of were talking about. Like it's this deep, maybe inner child within Kendrick, you know, that it's having all these thoughts. And so, um, but then back on the roller coaster, um, and I think that that's that is why that this album kind of flows so so quickly because uh, you know you 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 don't have much time to think you know because then he hits you a song like Pride and then you go to Humble and it's like what the hell is going on here? Yeah, that was something, man. I was struggling with a lot when I was taking my notes for this because. During the slow songs, like I think the slower songs are really where you have to kind of read into the lyrics a little bit more. Yeah. Because it seems it seems like those are the songs that he's more thoughtful in and he really wants to get a strong point across. So you'll have to dig into the lyrics a little bit and sit and think about what he's trying to say. But as soon as those songs end, it's right back in your face with something crazy. It's like, okay, I gotta hit the pause button and like yeah. take a breather for a second. And it was the same thing here, obviously, because again pride was a song I had to really dig into a lot. And then humble man, like humble was, I don't know if humble, humble may have been um, like the biggest song on this album, as far as like radio run. I mean, DNA was pretty big as well, Mm -hmm. Uh, but humble was definitely all over the place as well. Um, So obviously very familiar with this one, but yeah, it, it's kind of funny because the song is called humble and Kendrick is not humble on it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think the point he's trying to get across is that other people need to be humble because they're not him, essentially. Mm-hmm. Which I, I just think is kind of a funny uh, thing because it kind of contradicts itself. But, but hey, on the song before Pride, you know, he says, uh, I can't fake humble just because you're insensitive or whatever the line yeah. is. So, insecure. I, mean, I love that one. You're insecure, yeah. I love that one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's just a fact from Kendrick right there, (laughs) but, uh, but yeah, that, that line really helped set this up. And, and I think really, if you kind of dig in, there's a lot of songs on this album where the, the song right before it will set that next song up, which Mm -hmm. again, that's something Kendrick has, has done before, but with so many different sound elements of this song, uh, this album, it kind of, it kind of sets you up well. And it's a little bit, uh, 
it's just a little bit of nice foreshadowing that Kendrick does. Yeah, definitely one of the uh, like bangers of the album. Uh, I think it probably did get the most run on the radio and stuff like that, just through culture, pop culture. Um, uh, but it's it's a catchy beat, you know, catchy little piano, two tap in the background. Uh, every once in a while, some heavy hitting bass, and of course Kendrick. Uh, with just his delivery kind of takes over. Uh, but then Lust, which again, with like the groove and the vibe that some of these slow tempo songs have been given off all day. I mean, Pride, Lust, um, and then, yeah, like earlier on, like it's just insane how he, he just switches it up and makes it sound so good. Uh, but still, he he still finds a way to make one of these groovier sounding songs and still fill it with like um with lyrics you know and still fill it with like this 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 high high fast paced uh rapping style and this was a point in the album where i was just like man this guy's really just not stopped whatsoever and that's where i'm like man i need an interlude at some point man but like because in lust he kind of goes in again like he did in dna and i'm just sitting i'm like my god this this is intense. You know what I mean? Yeah, I hundred percent agree. This, this album is in need of an interlude just to, just to get your breath back a little bit. Yeah. Because again, half the songs you got to sit and think about what he's saying and the other half you're fucking going off, you know, getting hype. So it's like, it's just a, a back and forth. That's really, really engaging in kind of different ways. But yeah, I mean, this is, Love, love versus lust is an interesting um, kind of theme that Kendrick has talked about really since Section 80. Mm-hmm. And I think this album, you see a lot more of that discussed, obviously, with back to back songs, love, lust and love, um, as we'll discuss. But, yeah, I think it's it's an interesting it's an interesting thing to talk about, because, I mean, this is again, this is a theme that. I mean, this podcast talks just a lot about is kind of, it's, it's really the, the instant gratification versus the long-term delayed gratification. That's really what lust and love is. And I think it's an interesting thing to talk about because I do think it's a very important thing for people to understand because man, like there's a lot of lust going on in society nowadays and that's not just sex. I mean, there's just a ton of different things people do to kind of get their rocks off in whatever whatever way um and a lot of time it really hurts people and that's kind of what Kendrick's talking about here and this is another song where you really start to get more of that spiritual kind of vibe from Kendrick where there was a line in there I think it was actually a bible verse um where he says a friend of the world is enemy of the lord and that just kind of hit me I was like man like that, that's a really interesting thing to think about where it's kind of the whole chasing material thing that J. Cole talked a lot about where people will, you know, sell their soul essentially for earthly gains. And I think that's kind of what this song is dedicated to as well. It's maybe not selling your soul as much, but selling your time. Mm-hmm. And that's something Kendrick talks about where he says, whatever you do, make it count. Cause a lot of people yeah. are doing stuff that really just doesn't matter. Yeah. I think that was a really impactful point of the song too. Whatever you do, just make it count. And then it kind of like cut off there. But I think you made a good point to where that like, Kendrick talks about lust and just many different ways in sex. Like there's so many different ways that lust and greed kind of come together, but society kind of just pictures it combines it all with like just sexual aspect of it um which obviously has its foundation but uh is not the whole kind of you know um encompass the whole part of it which takes us to the next song which is love uh just an incredible song i mean simple as that it makes a song sound like love and like this is one of those songs that I listened to a lot in that first run through freshman year, listened to a lot over the years and it just never kind of tires out for me. I don't know if you get the same vibe with that Hughes or not. I mean, yeah, it's just a, it's just really a beautiful song to listen to. And I mean, you know, again, like theme wise, obviously it's pretty laid out in the title. Like 
there's not really much to say, but I mean, I think it's a nice, it's a nice thing to come off of lust with because it's, it's, you know, it's kind of like the real versus fake thing. And that's, that's something that Kendrick talks about, whether it's love or lust or just a different framing of it. It's, you know, love is what's real and like what you can feel and what lasts. And I mean, that's kind of what the whole song is about. And, and just sound wise, it, yeah, it sounds really comfortable and comforting and it's just a nice thing to kick back and listen to. Yeah. Putting them back and forth definitely helps that like kind of impact them thematically wise, but, um, hence in the next song, triple X featuring you too. Uh, surprise feature probably of the decade, uh, but still not a bad one. Uh, kind of hits on the hits on America, which Kendrick, we haven't really talked much this out as much in this album as we did in the last one, but he still stayed on like throughout the whole album. Uh, super political and obviously uh, pretty religious as well. But um, starts the song off with America, God bless you. If it's good to you, kind of just sets a tone uh, for what, what he kind of wants to talk about. Hughes, did you like this song? Did you like the U2 feature? Um, as far as liking the song, like, I think the content is fine. Yeah. The, it's, it reminds me of you sound with the sound where it's like, almost unbearable like especially in the first half yeah i think the second because it kind of has a little switch up in the middle the first half is fucking hard to get through like it is really just rugged and i think that's by design so i'm not going to criticize kendrick for that i think that that's the point kind of like you where it's like hey like we're about to have a real discussion um and it's gonna hurt you know that's kind of the vibe i think it gets off yeah. And, you know, I mean, it's it's interesting to go back to this kind of discussion because this song was basically about what to pimp, to pimp a butterfly was about. You know, it's kind of like pouring a lot of that mm-hmm. content into this song where it's just going off on America and especially the black experience in America. Um, and I thought a really good line was America's reflections of me. That's what a mirror does. And it's kind of, it's like, man, like you got to sit back and think about that one where Hmm. he's kind of trying to say that, you know, all of the, all of the things that America portrays black people to be like in a negative sense, it's, it's basically, that's what America is. It's like all the, all the problems they're dumping onto this one race. It's like, it's America's fault. These problems exist. Um, And again, going back to the whole section 80 with, with the Ronald Reagan era, that's something he kind of hints at in this too, with, you know, putting uh, basically how our government created the gangs and all that in America mm-hmm. and kind of the warfare. Um, so just an, another interesting tie back to some of the earlier messages Kendrick had. And I mean, I'm interested to see in the next album, like if he continues discussing this stuff, because mm-hmm. he's pretty much done it in every album at this point. Yeah. No, all of them. He, he, and that's what we respect Kendrick for. I mean, he brings it to the table and he's upfront and honest about it. Uh, but I mean, like even a line in this song, he's like, I, he slows the tempo down, which the tempo switch in this song, pretty fire. I'm not going to lie. I agree. The first half doesn't sound good, but the tw- tempo switch is really, really nice. Uh, but then he says, all right, kids, we're going to talk about gun control. <laughs> and he just like adds that as a little ad lib, but that's just so Kendrick. Um, but again, the U2, they bring a nice little vibe, but hard hitting drums. It kind of sounds like actual drums and not just put in through um, a computer software. So that was nice. Uh, but then fear the next one where, which again, I feel like a lot of these songs are just Kendrick relaying his experience with this specific emotion or this specific idea. Right. And I, I think fear is kind of a song that that's, that displays that the most, which where Kendrick tells like multiple stories of how fears developed kind of throughout his life. And it's kind of become different things. He is, yeah i mean that's this is probably one of the better songs of 
him kind of just digging into his past, as you mentioned, and kind of laying out uh, where some of these things come from, because the past two albums, Good Kid, Mad City to Pimp a Butterfly, like the whole album was kind of this kind of song, you know, where he's Mm -hmm. really digging into the storytelling aspect of his, you know, talent and, and trying to relay, relay that and trying to simplify everything into one song and putting all that together. Um, and I mean, he does a great job of that in this song. And I mean, fear, this is something we've talked about before too. This is something I used to talk about a lot in the beginning of this pod, uh, love versus fear and how you can basically boil life down into love versus fear. So of course, Kendrick has love and fear as titles on this song or this album. Um, And fear is just a fascinating topic because there's so many people living in fear that don't even know. And I think that's kind of what Kendrick is trying to say in this song. Uh, You know, in the chorus, if I could smoke fear away, I'd roll that motherfucker up and then take two puffs. (laughs) Uh, I mean, that's and that's a throwback to swimming pools again and other songs where he's talking about people drowning their fears and substances. Um, but you know, this is a good song of kind of trying to explain why people do this and why he did it in the past, because fear gets developed through education, essentially like, you know, what are your parents teaching you? What is your environment teaching you? And you know, how does that manifest and carry on in your life? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Just great take there. He is. Um, and again, I think it gives a good kind of like explanation of of fear and how it's not just this singular thing but how it's an idea that's kind of within your head right and not necessarily something that's coming from the reality coming from the actual world i mean obviously sometimes it's important uh to have some fear if you're in an extremely dangerous situation but most of the time it's just kind of created in your head and i think that's what Kendrick does a, a good job of explaining in this one. And then on to the next one, God, another song on, I feel like Kendrick just has a, a lot of songs on this album. It's like, man, you just got to sit back and kind of just enjoy uh, with like the orchestral sound in this one. And then the, obviously the drum, drum drop, how simple it is. Uh, I feel like a lot of these songs are really, really simple, just carried by drums and then like a nice sample and melody in the background. Uh, and then obviously Kendrick Kendrick's um, songwriting and lyricism. Uh, but this one, you get a little melody from Kendrick and almost like a actual singer. Uh, he used to like that. <laughs> Yeah, this is probably one of my favorite sounding songs on the album. Yeah. And I mean, I think for most albums, this would be the perfect closer. Obviously, we have a, a hell of a outro to discuss with the next song. Oh, my God. But, yes. Oh, my God. But just, I mean, just the, the way this song sounds, it's so, like, uplifting and kind yeah. of freeing. And coming off fear where it's like, it's kind of like the, the, Oh, I'm, I'm shivering. I'm scared. And then to, to have God, it's, it really, it's, it makes you feel like God as, yes. as Kendrick kind of talks about too, where, you know, it's, it's just such a freeing feeling and the, it just sounds so nice and, and comforting. And you can just, you can just lean back and smile to this one. Freeing is the perfect word to describe the song. It really is because I don't know, comforting, like you said as well. Uh, it does make you feel like you can, um, you know, just like Kendrick says, and just say aha to everything. No, to all the worries, to all the fears, anxieties in your in your head, you can just be like aha and like kind of laugh, laugh them over. And that's what the song kind of the feeling the song gives to you, which again, Kendrick is just a master at doing at what his fourth album uh and only leads us only gets better um so for the final song let's just get into it before we get ali b here she's hitting me up blowing me up um yeah so we'll get her in here pretty soon uh but duckworth uh i have written hits everything you look for in a song um let alone let alone on the outro it the quote the introduction and then the actual drop just just the first 
45 seconds before any storytelling, before any of the actual content of the song. Perfect. And then you get get into like what Kendrick talks about. Yeah. Absolutely incredible song use. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, I love this. I love the song because it's almost aside from fear. It's basically the only song that has true storytelling on this album. Yeah. Which as I got to this point yesterday, listening to this, I was like, I feel like this album is, is Kendrick's Astro world where, you know, we, we like to do this comparison sometimes where it's like, and you know, maybe now is not the best time to talk about Travis Scott. <laughs> I'm yeah. say that. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but Hey, we're talking about the music here. Okay. That's all. Um, so, you know, Rodeo was basically Travis Scott's only album of storytelling. Yeah. So, you know, and for that reason, it's, it's my favorite of his, but Astroworld, it just is so well produced. It just sounds so good sonically. So that's why I kind of think this is Kendrick's version of that. We're obviously there's good lyricism and all that in here too, but it's definitely not the same depth as the other albums. So it seems, but all the songs sound really good. And Duckworth is like, is almost kind of like, Hey, like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go without telling you guys a fucking incredible story. Yeah. And, and, you know, we've been, we've been talking about TDE for months at this point. And now we finally basically get the, the origins of TDE mm-hmm. where we're, we're talking about, you know, top dog, uh, and, and how he almost killed Kendrick's father. Uh, <laughs> not, not necessarily almost killed him, but if Kendrick's dad wasn't a nice guy mm-hmm. and then out extra biscuits, we very well, very well may not be where we're at right now. Yeah, the song's just incredible, man. There's a bunch of lines that you could take from this. Uh, it was always me versus the world till I found it's me versus me. Just an incredible line to kind of make you think. Uh, again, a big theme of this album. What, who, what are you battling? You know, are you are you battling something in reality? Or are you battling uh, things within yourself? And um, and then another line that kind of caught me. It's it's when he's talking about at the end, kind of wrapping the story up, and he's like, uh, "You get you take two strangers, put them in random predicament predicaments, give them a soul so they can make their own choices and live with it." So they can make their own choices, A, and live with it, B, you know, and that's that he's the way he's able to kind of just explain these ideas, uh, especially in this song, like you said, through the storytelling makes it a lot easier, but um, in the album as a whole. And so, you know, uh, just a perfect outro album. And I'd love to talk about more, but we got to get Ali B in here because she set me up. So uh, we're going to talk to Ali B up next. Um, just about the bigger concepts of uh, Kendrick's Dam. All right, what's up, everyone? We're back. Excited, very excited to have uh, an, our new guest on. For the first time, Allie Brown, close friend of mine, shares some connections through this album, but through music as well. She's been begging to get on... Uh, a pod ever since the beginning and uh, hey, you're making me sound desperate will <laughs> well okay sorry explain who how you doing ali uh i'm doing great all right let's just start with this who's uh give me a top five favorite musicians on the spot or favorite like artists led zeppelin stevie nicks miley cyrus miley cyrus yeah elton john and I can't think of a fifth. It's too hard to choose. Okay. Well, you had four right off the bat there. That's pretty impressive. Um, but okay. So you wanted, I told you about a month ago, I was doing, we were going to do Kendrick and you said right away, you wanted to, to talk about damn. Why, uh, why do you want to talk about damn? What do you like about the album? 
Um, I like that Damn is one of his like newest albums and it's still a good one. It's not just somebody that burns out after the first three. He still continues to produce good music. And I think this one is honestly his best one just because there's so much duality in it. Duality. I mean, there's that's that's a great take. Me and Hughes were talking about that a lot. How uh, just with the sound uh, in general, but also the themes as well. It goes kind of back and forth uh, a lot. And so, um, what uh, what, are, what are some of your favorite songs off the album? Um, it's kind of basic, but "Love" is one of my favorite songs, just because it's just super vibey, and the sound in the lyrics just goes so well together. And he's very creative in the sense that he can make you feel a certain way with sound and lyrics. Yeah. God, I think is another good example uh, of that. Would you agree, Allie? Just a way you yeah. feel. Yeah. And same with fear. I think fear is kind of weird because yeah, he's singing his own lyrics, but you can really interpret it in your own life. Cause he mentions an age at first and then goes into what he was scared of at that age. And it kind of just puts you back in your own age in a self-reflection period. Yeah, we were talking about that on fear, how it's so interesting that um, he talks about fear as like an idea rather uh, an actual thing, because he thought he talks about how he viewed fear in when he was six, for example, right, compared to how he viewed fear when he was 13, compared to how he viewed fear when he was like 23. And he talked about it as more of like an idea compared to like within his own as within his own head, right, compared to an actual uh, experience. I think with that song, especially, it's can kind of go both ways and duality is really seen because in 2020, when you and I like listened to that album a lot, I took it as that I wasn't ever supposed to feel fear and everything I'd ever feared was fake. And I listened to the album now where I am currently in my life. And it kind of makes you wonder, like, was he not allowed to feel fear? And that's why he's trying to justify that. He only felt that because he was this age. Okay. I like that take. Uh, Hughes, you got you got anything you want to add on to that? Any questions you got? Well, you know, something I'm curious is, is Will, something we talk a lot about is going back to an album multiple times, different times of your life. And and what what do you notice? And you kind of mentioned 2020, you were listening to it again and kind of noticing some different things. Was there anything else in this album that as you listen to it a second, third, fourth, whatever time, was there anything kind of new you learned about that album and maybe in the process yourself? Um, I think that really this whole album, it's just a story and he does a really good job at not making you realize it's a story until you get to the last song and it leaves you wanting more like a cliffhanger. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a good representation of the seasons of your life in a sense that you don't realize that it's going to be memorable until it's over. And when you look back and I think this whole album really does a good job at making you remember the past. Like I remember the first time I heard some of these songs, especially love. Cause that was one of the like top songs on this album when it first mm-hmm. came out in 2017. So I think it's just kind of different perspectives you have through life and that reflection and just being able to part ways with it and letting the story end, even if there is a cliffhanger. Okay. And so I think you brought up a good point because all these songs, like you mentioned are, uh, which we talked about a bit today already, kind of single theme songs focused on one aspect, one idea, right, or, or a feeling. Uh, and then Kendrick just uses, uh, in a lot of these songs, his own life as a vehicle to kind of tell these stories. Um, what did you think, what, what did you think Kendrick was trying to accomplish with this whole pro- project, Allie? I think he was trying to inspire. Yeah. He had realized that he was able to tell a story and found the perfect way to tell the story. And that's why he's so um, proud of this album. And I think that's a huge reason why he hasn't made another one since then, just because this was his whole heart and soul. And um, I remember like watching interviews and stuff about this. And um, he was saying about how he was inspired by people like Ice Cube and he hopes he can do that for others. Yeah, I think this I think this album is definitely like an inspirational album. Um, But to talk about your point about like him making this album and tough to come off of this album. I definitely agree that this is an album that's really tough to come off of, but 
I also think that To Pimp a Butterfly was an extremely tough album to come off of as well. And so, Hughes, I'm going to take it to you for this one. What What do you think Kendrick's was trying to accomplish in this album, especially put into context coming off of To Pimp a Butterfly? Yeah, I mean, I think the inspiration part is, is interesting because... I mean, that's something we talked about this was starting with section 80 that he just came right off the bat as a teacher. Right. And that, that was really impressive to us because he was 23 when he made that album and he was so mature. And that was something that really hit us both in the face right off the bat was man, this kid is like our age or even a little bit younger than we are right now. And he was just so, ready to tell the world his story and and kind of show people how to overcome certain things. And I mean, I think you can definitely see in a lot of, a lot of these songs or all of these songs. I mean, yeah, I think inspiration is definitely a key element to it. And it's interesting because obviously there's storytelling mixed in, but as we kind of discussed earlier while we were talking about the songs, there wasn't, there was definitely storytelling, but it wasn't, super relatable to his life at all times. Um, which I, I almost feel like that was by design maybe to help kind of maybe bring more people in yeah. because some of the stories he's told in the past have been so specific to his life and the environment he grew up in. It's like, you know, we're listening to these songs and we can't relate specifically to that. Mm-hmm. But pretty much all these, pretty much every song on this album, we can relate to in some way because it's kind of more of a, a broad perspective. No, I think that's a really good take, uh, especially when you kind of look at To Pimp a Butterfly. And that's a perfect example uh, of how poppy this album is and whether it's the sound uh, I don't think as much lyrics, uh, but the sound alone is just definitely more poppy. And I think I think you're right. It was definitely intended to be that way to bring um, a, a bigger audience in again to inspire, to teach, to share and, his and life lessons. Go Dan ahead, Ali. Honest, like his other albums, I don't think were as honest. Like he was trying to show a character like if you probably were to ask him if it was 100% what happened it probably wasn't and I, I think see that. Was a lot more honest and um, he kind of leaves a little bit of like cliffhangers really in every song but he just allows like to not go too far in depth but he just wants to know you how he felt instead of how it was yeah it's definitely a feeling album and again with the sound whether that's pop whether it's a pop aspect but you don't he said earlier it's tougher to kind of you have to you have to go in a bit more but that's because i think you have a very thick layer of enjoyment that you have to get through to actually go to like go into depth about what he's talking about because of the sound uh and again when compared to to pimp a butterfly i think to, to pimp a butterfly sounded uh that way because of the story he was trying to tell he doesn't have as many uh, stories to tell. Now he's just sharing experiences with his life. A, the simple kind of chapters of this album, which are all songs, right? And so that's why I think it was a more concise um, idea, at least lyrically, which allowed him to make uh, the album sound a lot more poppy. Um, and then in this album, again, with the themes, me and Hughes talked about the themes earlier, but he did a really good job just driving like the, it was always me versus the world. So I found it's me versus me um, theme or just a lot of the other random themes that he sprinkled in. I think he did a good job uh, in this album. And so, Ali, you got any other thoughts you want to add? Talk about um, um, songs? Yeah, okay. All right. What about you, you Hughes? I mean, you know, I, I pretty much, I feel like closed out my thoughts from that last thing. And yeah, it, it's definitely was an interesting way to go for him because again, like it was kind of a huge divergence from like what he built his career off of. Yeah. And, and the sound was definitely different, but as I kind of said earlier, he, he's mastered, I mean, being a musician at this point where he knows, he knows what sounds good and what doesn't. And he's very intentional about 
why something sounds the way it sounds mm-hmm. and like like the way we were talk, uh, talking about God earlier where it's a freeing song which is what you want when you're thinking about God you want to feel like being free right mm-hmm. and on the flip side there's XXX where it's it's very harsh and kind of torturous in a way especially in the beginning so I feel like there was definitely a lot of sound experimentation um, which paid off and the message wasn't necessarily completely new from the stuff he said in the past but again I think it was a lot more broad and kind of open to interpretation and that was something I definitely as I talked about with Genius's annotations I didn't think were very helpful and I think that's because the album is just much more open for interpretation where people are going to look at some, some things differently because it's not uh, like, as, as Ali said, it's not really directed specifically from, you know, a, a specific perspective like his, it's kind of more of a broad paintbrush almost. Yeah. I think something off that too, like that just makes it unique also is um, I was just looking at it and after every single song title, there's a period. And I think that's like, shows kind of like it's the end of his story but yeah. um, maybe i'm looking too deep into that no i like i like that i, I like thinking of that it's like uh closing it's like again it's like a chapter that's why i feel like this mm-hmm. this um this album's more like a book with a bunch of different chapters and, and then a single story right he's just kind of laying out his his life uh at this point and so that's one when you look into kendrick's discography so far man I mean, we want to talk about quality music. Yeah, but just quality, a quality book. Like, I feel like you could write everything that Kendrick says out in a book that's in his discography and read it and it'd, it'd be an enjoyable read. Um, and so it begs a question. And Ali, you kind of touched on this a little bit earlier. Where where does Kendrick go next? I mean, he's been rumored to drop another album. Ali, are you excited for the new Kendrick album? Are you going to listen to it? And where, where does he go next? You know, I don't know if I'll listen to it right off the bat, but okay. uh, just because I'm really attached to the damn album. And I also really liked his work with like the Black Panther soundtrack. And I kind of was hoping yeah, was to do more, movie, more movies because he does such a good job in positioning the songs to like make you feel like you're a part of the movie. Yeah, I mean, and again- I'm to see more movies with him having like a say in the music that goes into it. You're right. He, he does a good job making you feel the music and so, or, or feel the mood and so- I mean, maybe he does have a movie music produ- uh, feature and is uh, ahead of him. But Hughes, where do you think he goes next? Man, who knows? Like this, this was the question we were left with the J. Cole too. Yeah, I mean, because I, I mean, I don't. We kind of mentioned K.O.D. earlier. How it's there's definitely some similarities in these two albums. And after K.O.D., it's like okay. And after Damn. Like they both kind of said what they needed to say, right? Yeah. Like Kendrick, Kendrick has told his personal stories. He has kind of laid out in this album all the problems with the world and the things that people are dealing with. And also some of the good things that people can kind of chase if they need to. So so what is there left to say? And that's something that I think is really fascinating from the you know for a musician this with this kind of stature mm-hmm. where he's had four albums that are just unbelievably good and most musicians they miss at some point right mm-hmm. but Kendrick Kendrick is so diligent with what he does and I mean this is something we've talked about with TDE as a whole I mean hey look at SZA man she's taking five years with her next album yeah. right she's yeah. taking her time um, yeah. so this this is something they do is they really focus on the quality and they're not going to put out an album every year just to get sales like you know they're really focused on what they're saying and the impact they have on the world so i mean i would love to make a prediction about where kendrick goes maybe it'll be a more of a themed album you know that this kind of comes out of nowhere that we don't expect i think that would be interesting like if he can find another story to tell I think that would be an interesting way to go, but we'll have to see. Yeah, I think you made a good point comparing it to the J. Cole situation uh, because I think it's very similar. Only um, I think if Kendrick drops a victory lap album like J. Cole kind of did, 
I don't think that get, I think I don't think that goes along too well with some of the like the OGs. Like we want to talk about Kendrick and like J Cole. Like and I love J Cole. Don't get me wrong, but for all time status, if Kendrick gives a, a an off season victory lap for his next project, I'm not sure that goes down too well with uh, the pop culture. Pop culture, uh, but who knows? Um, but definitely, if we get another theme album. Coming from Kendrick, uh, I, I'd be excited. So, um, yeah, I think that's going to be it for today. Uh, Allie, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. We'll have to get you on uh, again, maybe if we ever talk about, uh, I don't fucking know, Hannah Montana. How about that? Hey. No, um, uh, Led Zeppelin. We'll probably do, we'll, we have to do some lead at some point. That's got to be on, on the on the. Yeah, we haven't delved into the rock scene at all. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, you know, what? We we were talking about uh we talked early on about doing the Beatles and then we kind of just completely mm. went into hip hop. Yeah. Uh and rap. And I guess I we've mean done the Beatles, rap. they're like I think it's cool to analyze them, but everyone's already done it so deeply. That's like fair. it's That's hard fair. to not like feel like your thoughts about them are being like forced yeah. in your head. I mean they're great though. But oh well you gotta think John Lennon was a piece of shit. Okay. But everybody loves him because he doesn't <laughs> love the Beatles. But ultimately, he's a piece of shit. Okay, Ali. I mean, yeah. I, but I mean, like he did, he made good music, and that's all that matters. Yeah. Um, Except for he's a piece of shit. But it's it's okay. kind of like the Travis Scott situation too, as of recent. Yeah. So. All right. Well, thanks for again for joining us. Um, I'll uh, talk to you later. Uh, but that's going to be it for this episode. Me and Hugh stuff to figure out who we're going to do next. Uh, maybe Led Zeppelin. And so we might have Ali on back to back. Who knows? Uh, but we'll be, be back next week with another artist. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, this has been The Divine Rhyme, part of the Running Hook Podcast Network. Yeah.